Good morning. It's good to be with you all today. The sun came out after our rain yesterday, so that's a blessing for sure. Uh, and it's a special Sunday as we are entering into the season of Lent. This past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, uh, ushering in this special season. And so today we enter in with our first Sunday of that season as well. We're going to begin our service with our first hymn, O Lord, Throughout These Forty Days. Relevant, spectacular, and powerful. Let us worship God and walk the journey together, seeking the Spirit as our guide and companion along the way. We follow our Holy God, Heavenly Father, in the waters of the flood you saved the chosen, and in the wilderness of temptation you protected your Son from sin. Renew us in the gift of baptism. May your holy angels be with us, that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now for our first reading of Scripture. I think our Scripture reader might be on her way. But I'm going to begin uh, by reading it. From Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons, women, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as come out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth, when I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds. 
I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Our lectionary psalm for today comes from Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10, and we'll be reading it responsibly. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he is just sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are And now for our next hymn, Come Thou Almighty King. Peter was addressed to Christians 
who were facing persecution and suffering for their faith. So the writer does this by reminding his readers of the good news about Jesus Christ, whose death, resurrection, and promise coming gave them hope. In the light of this, they are to accept and endure their suffering, confident that it is a test of his genuineness of their faith, and that they will be rewarded on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. Along with his encouragement in time of trouble, he also urges his readers to live as people who belong to Christ. From Peter, for Peter, three eighteen to twenty-two, for Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made it alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight people, were saved through water and baptism, which this prefigure now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of our Lord. Christ. <clears throat> this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, marking the beginning of the season of Lent. The vestment colors have changed from white of Transfiguration Sunday last week to purple as we enter into the two, one of the two seasons of the church year that aim our vision forward. Lent, much like Advent, is a season of expectation and preparation. Advent prepares us for the celebration of Christmas, and Lent prepares us for the events of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Resurrection Sunday. The Gospel text from the lectionary brought us Mark's telling of Jesus' baptism story, as well as Jesus' 
40-day journey in the wilderness. I did not grow up in a Christian tradition that marked Lent, nor really ever addressed this story from the scriptures, that Jesus wandered in the wilderness for 40 days. But as I've grown over many years and seen many important things in this story, I've come to find it a very powerful and insightful text. There are different traditions surrounding what to do or what not to do during the season of Lent. Some people fast from meat, others practice different spiritual rhythms, some put on ashes as they enter the season on Ash Wednesday, others wave palm branches marking the final days coming into Holy Week. Regardless of which tradition you find yourself in, there's something beautiful about having an entire season set aside for us to mark this 40-day experience of Jesus in the desert. Mark tells us Jesus went to the River Jordan and asked his cousin John to baptize him, and when he had risen from the waters, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the form of a dove, and God the Father spoke a word of affirmation over Jesus. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Mark goes on to use his favorite word, immediately. Immediately. As he transitions from the baptism story to the wilderness journey, it may sound funny, but if you counted how many times Mark uses this word in a transition between stories, you would be both surprised and entertained. It tends to make Mark's gospel reading a fast-paced roller coaster ride. Mark uses the word immediately 41 times. There are only 10 other uses of that word in the entire New Testament. So, in verses 12 to 13, Mark says, And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. What does it mean that the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness? That's a fascinating question. The same word will be used in Greek in other passages to describe what Jesus does to demons when he drives them out of people. But here the Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness. It seems rather strong and strange, to be honest with you. The baptism scene seems so pleasant and assuring and peaceful. Jesus is affirmed by his cousin, affirmed by God the Father in his purpose and calling as the Messiah. And then what follows quickly is a literal rush into the wilderness, a space filled with wild beasts where Jesus is tempted and confronted by evil spirits. What are we to make of such a story? How do we understand what God is saying to us through it? Well, the number 40 carries a lot of significance, of course. 40 days of rain in the flood story of Noah and Genesis, which was one of our lectionary texts. 40 years in the wilderness for God's people fleeing slavery in Egypt in the Exodus story. So there's a direct reference and parallels to other Old Testament texts, and they all go beyond in referencing this number 40. Then there's the location, the setting, and the backdrop of Jesus' journey. 
is vital to understanding this story of what it means for you and me. I've been in a few wilderness areas where you are far removed from the comfort of civilization. One example happened while I was on a bus ride in India, where we, me and a group of other people, pastors and teachers, were traveling from one city to a town up in the mountains, an eight and a half hour bus ride, and we got to a point where some of us needed to go to the bathroom. It's a long bus ride. But there are no restrooms, so we had to pull over and use a wilderness area. I'll spare you the details. However, I will say that I was surprised to find that when we went out to find a place, people who were our hosts, who knew the area, knew the terrain, knew the wilderness, said, you have to go with someone. You can't go alone. And one of our teammates said, well, why? Because there are beasts out here that will do you harm. And when that person, a partner of mine, said, what kind of beasts are we talking about? They said, well, we are in a region where you could encounter cobras and you could encounter tigers in the wild. So, needless to say, that wilderness experience was one of interest to me. I only spent a very short amount of time off the bus, but it made me think, as I read this story of Jesus in the wilderness, what it must have been like to be in that wilderness for 40 days. Snakes and other predators, other creatures that hunt, that kill for food. And this is where he lived for 40 days. Another example of a wilderness experience from my own life came when I visited the country of Burundi, Africa. And again, up in the mountains, a very rural area, I was walking along a path with a friend, a person who was a native Burundian, and I was asking him questions about what it would be like to go hiking into the jungle around the place where we were staying. And he said, you can do that, of course, but you definitely don't want to do it alone. Because there are creatures here that you do not want to encounter by yourself. Other types of snakes, other types of spiders, other types of interesting creatures. So again, as I read this story and I thought about what it must have been like for Jesus to walk through this wilderness for 40 days, this was not safe. It was not comfortable. It was not the kind of experience that someone usually goes looking for, right? And yet the Spirit drove Jesus there, pushed Jesus there, invited Jesus into this experience. Jesus is wandering into an expansive Middle Eastern desert, a place where there is little or no water. There are predators, there are dangers. And not only does he have the physical world to tend to in that encounter, but he also apparently has to deal with evil spiritual forces in that wilderness space as well. There's something profoundly important for us to see in the location in the backdrop, in the setting of this story in Mark 1. Wilderness is a powerful image and metaphor for entire seasons of our life. Wilderness can be a great way to describe sometimes what we feel like we're going through, right? Maybe some of us here today could describe their current season of life as one of wandering in a wilderness. Maybe that's what you feel like right now. Maybe you've joined us in worship today 
and your day feels scary and disorienting or isolating as you walk through whatever wilderness you are walking through. We could spend days theologizing and theorizing about why the Spirit drove Jesus into this wilderness experience, but there's a much more important path for us to take, the pastoral path. If this morning you find yourself in a day or a week or a month or a whole season of life measured in years that you would describe as a wilderness with all of its fears and danger and anxiety and more, you're in good company. Jesus has gone before you. Jesus has gone before you. Jesus has taken the fully human path that we all take. God brings us comfort knowing every facet of our lived experience. God has divine empathy for every aspect of a human life journey. It's one of the more beautiful and impactful truths of the Christian faith. God knows our human experience in every facet and function, with every accompanying emotion, the struggle, the pain, the suffering of human life. God knows it because God has walked it. God has been there before. God doesn't stand aloof, distant, far off. God is with us. God is with us. That's why Lent is so powerful. Because we spend 40 days remembering Jesus walking through a wilderness. God walking through a wilderness, experiencing everything that we do, all the fears, all the anxieties, all the worries, the dangers, the struggle, the strife, the pain, the hunger, all of that stuff that we are weighed down by, God knows it intimately and deeply because God has been there too. That's the gift of Lent. And I encourage you to remember it. As we walk through this season together over the next few weeks, remember that God has been there too. God walks with you now as one who's gone before you. Walking in the wilderness, knowing our human lived experience, and bringing us comfort and encouragement because it's a hard journey. Like I said earlier in the sermon, if you feel like today you would describe your life as one of walking in a wilderness, whether it's a day, a week, a month, or years, my encouragement for you is to lean into, lean into the presence of God. God wants to go with you in that wilderness journey. God is with you right now. And yes, there will be fear. And yes, there will be things that you won't know how to do. And you will be uncertain, and you'll have unanswered questions, and there will be doubts along the way, and there will be times where it feels really dark and bleak. But there's always hope. Because God is with us. Amen? Amen. God is with you. God is with me. God is with us. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue our service with our next hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Thank <laughs> you. 
So if you come this morning and your life is wilderness, you experience struggle, strife, pain, frustration, anger, grief, loss, or something else, that's what we can bring to God in prayer. We can bring those before God and entrust them to his care. In addition to those things that we ourselves go through, we can bring before God the things we care about for others. We know people in our lives, our sphere of influence, who are going through really tough times. They may be dealing with a new medical diagnosis, a relational strife or struggle, a job loss, some other kind of grief, some other kind of pain. And so we can lift those prayers up to God as well. And then even beyond that, we're mindful of the hurt and the pain and the suffering of our world. None of it's lost on God, but we can always bring it to God in prayer. And to do so is an act of trust, to entrust them to God, to say, here it is, Lord. As the psalmist did over and over again, I'm in pain, we're in pain, they're in pain, we need you, where are you? We cry out to you. So if you have something this morning that you would like us to pray for, either for yourself or another or some other bigger global issue, I invite you to indicate that at this time by raising your hand. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence, always present. As we come before you with these prayer requests, in addition to our praises and our thanksgivings, we lift all these things up to you in prayer. For my friends here in the room, Lord, who raised their hands, I pray that you'd meet them in their places of need. Whatever struggle or strain or challenge, whatever fear or anxiety they face, I pray for peace and comfort and encouragement for them. Lord, for those of us who've raised our hands on behalf of another, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, we lift up those people to you as well. We pray that you would touch their lives, encourage and bless, provide, speak words of affirmation and love, help them to hear your voice, to know your comfort and your presence. And Lord, for those of us raising our hands for those big issues that face our whole world, we pray that you would bring peace where there's conflict, healing where there's wounding, that you would bring provision where there's need. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to all of humanity. Every person on earth is one of your sons and daughters. And so we lift up all of these needs to you. We lay them before you. We entrust them to your care. And we ask for the faith to trust you each day with these needs. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And together we pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. For our closing hymn, we're going to be singing Amazing Grace.
one that we're all, I'm sure, very familiar with, a very common known hymn, but we're going to be singing all verses. It's a longer hymn, but the verses are shorter, and I thought it was a very powerful hymn to finish our service with today. How many verses? Whatever, however many you have. I have four. Four and we'll do four. <laughs> the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. And as always, you're invited to join us in the plum room following the service for some food and fellowship, and have a blessed week as we enter the season of Lent.